Midland. This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Mix. You've waited patiently all day. All wait. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. Whistling inside with a two-hand flush. To college. Just wait until March, bro. To the pros. Down in the South American Conference. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. Boy, oh boy, is there ever a way to throw off the beginning of a show and surprising me like that. Oh, my God. John, you kill me with those. That's where the Eagles are playing in Brazil in the (laughs) South American Conference. It's going to be so much fun. Thanks, NFL. Week one, Friday, primetime down in Brazil. They're going to become South American Conference champions. That's that's a goal. That's that's written in the script of the NFL season which is coming to a conclusion this Sunday in a game in which apparently I'm not allowed to say on the radio. Yeah. The super, wait for it. Bull. Thank you. Didn't know I was just wasn't supposed to say that word. It's like a cardinal sin, apparently, of radio. Can't do it. But we will have Westwood's, Westwood One's coverage of the Super Bowl on our air, so I don't get that. <laughs> It'll start at 2.30, by the way, four hours of pregame. I'm looking forward to it. I, I enjoy the, uh, you know, you're going to hear me complain about media because that's what I like to do because I'm in it and overproduce pregames, whatever. I sit there and I listen, watch, whatever. I enjoy the just devoting to the Super Bowl. Whoa! Uh, so, sorry, devoting Whoa! myself to the Super Bowl. Wait for it. Bowl. Bowl. There we go. Uh, maybe we'll get to the Super. Wait what for we, it. What if we just called the Supper Bowl? <laughs> That'd be okay. What about the dinner bowl? The dinner bowl. The chicken bowl. The chicken bowl. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to the super wait for it. Bowl. Thank you. Later in the show. Uh, but we're still kind of feeling the aftershock of Brad Holmes going to the press conference booth microphone yesterday. It's not often you hear your GM, your football GM, speak on a microphone. So when he does, it's usually pretty impactful. And to say yesterday was impactful, man, that would probably be an understatement. We talked about it yesterday. If you want to go back and listen to our initial thoughts on the Brad Holmes presser, you guys can search the payoff wherever you get your podcasts and go back and re-listen to every single episode we've ever had. But the more I went home after the show yesterday and thought about it and rewatched it, I started to scratch my head a little bit, John. I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong on something, you know, we can keep receipts. Clearly, Brad Holmes does, and you can call out people for being wrong. And if you're a real man, you'll accept it when you're wrong. I'm not going to defend yourself and say, no, 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 I was right because, no, no, no. You can accept when you're wrong. And I'm not saying I was necessarily wrong yesterday, but I went home and started to think to myself, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did Brad Holmes kind of tell us that he's not going to sign a free agent yesterday? Go ahead and take a listen to this. I had to re-listen to it and listen back to it a second, third time. That's kind of what I'm thinking he meant when he said this. The fans just know, look, we always said we'll draft, develop, sign our own, build through the draft, and we're just living that right now. Just want to make sure the fans just stick with us. We got you. 
the fans have done their part. Keep doing your part. We'll keep doing our part. Okay, so he essentially says, all right, fans, we're not going to do anything for the next couple months. You guys can yell, you guys complain, but also you guys are so, so awesome and we're great in Ford Field this year. All right, fair. But if you read between the lines on what he says, he says what? We're going to draft, we're going to develop, and we're going to re-sign. Those are three things the Lions have been pretty good at under the Brad Holmes era, whereas in previous regimes, you couldn't re-sign anybody because no one wanted to be here. Where in the previous regime, you couldn't draft anybody. And you certainly couldn't develop. Well, that completely changed when Brad Holmes took over, to his credit. So if that's your method on how to get to the top, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong for that. But there is this other thing called free agency, and the Lions have this thing called cap space. They've got the seventh most of it in the NFL, which means you can go hand dollar bills to really good players to fix your defense which was, for the most part, the biggest reason you lost the NFC Championship and are not playing in the Super. Wait for it. Bolt. Thank you. You mean to tell me you have the seventh most cap space in football and you're not going to go try to sign a somewhat superstar to fix the secondary? I'm not asking you to go out there and sign the best guy available to go lay down a bag and overpay for someone. I mean, you did a pretty good job of that last year when... You bring in Emmanuel Mosley on a quick on a prove it deal. Tears his ACL two plays. You did a good job of that when you signed CJ Gardner Johnson, who was at the time one of the best safeties in the NFL, to just a six million dollar one year contract. It was a good signing. Who knows if he'll be back? Didn't really work out because of injury. But you did go make an attempt to fix the secondary in the offseason. I'm not asking you to go sign the biggest star available, say Buda Baker. Jalen Johnson, Kendall Fuller. I'm not asking you to do that. But, Brad Holmes, you are aware you have to spend at least a little bit of money to help fix this defense, right? Is that a crazy ask from me, John, to, you know, want some new players in the secondary that was, for the most part, last year disgusting, awful? The reason you lost half of your games that you did lose? You need some sort of improvement there. And if you want your starter, your replacement at the cornerback position to be a rookie, I have no problem with that. But you do have to sign some players to help ensure you that you're going to be good. Because what can't happen is you draft a rookie. Either he, A, doesn't develop, B, gets hurt. You can't go back to, all right, Kendall Vildor, you're back to being a starter. You got to have some sort of backup plan, right? We talked about this yesterday towards the tail end of the show. You were trusting in Brad Holmes. And I'm not saying I don't trust him anymore. But you, and you're right when you made this observation everyone has with how the Lions have built their team, it's been through the draft. So why allocate resources to maybe overspending for a top-of-the-line cornerback when you could draft a Nate Wiggins out of Clemson who was projected by NFL Network in their recent mock? I don't know who Nate Wiggins is, but obviously a first-round talent. You trust... Now, use the name people know. Kool-Aid McKinstry. How about that? How about Cooper DeGene out of Iowa? Uh, What's significant about him, John? <laughs> he's a great returner. Why is uh, that? <laughs> you can look it up. But <laughs> it, it, let's just say he's, you know, a lot of guys... They're usually safeties at that position uh, if they're in the secondary at all. But you told me to trust the draft. And 
it was your counter argument yesterday to me being like, well, I'm going to evaluate each Brad Holmes decision. And if, and this was my opinion yesterday, if he sits idly by while the free agency market passes him by, I'm going to take note of that. But you told me, and I don't blame you, in trusting how he drafts. Because this year alone, you drafted a secondary starter, a guy who's probably going to enter next year as a top five tight end in the game of football, and a top 10, 15 running back, depending who you ask. All in one class. Yeah. So you should believe that Holmes could fix the secondary issues by maybe re-signing and just by drafting. Why go out and get someone expensive if he believes and he's all trusting and pretty much yesterday, according to you, all knowing, then let him do what he's got to do. But I'm not asking. He him went to out go and got free agents name. this year, Gardner Johnson and Mosley. And Mosley. And it didn't work out. And and that was various reasons why. But he tried to plug and play and I wouldn't say duct tape this secondary, but definitely, all right, let's try and see which piece works. And it didn't. Well, I'm not asking you to go sign top dollar. I'm not asking you to go sign a big free agent because clearly based on some of the comments Brad Holmes made, uh, not everyone can be a Detroit Lion. He has this select system in how he's bringing in people. And you trust that system. And so I, why? I do trust that system. And that system's dictating, the, Ben, don't go out and sign these free agents. We'll draft... Yes. And develop. Yes. And then maybe I guess when training camp ends, but are you, last resort, go out and see what's available in the secondary market. In the, in not the secondary market. It is sort of the secondary market. The secondary else is, secondary yeah, market is it, what you're trying to say. In a way. And just try and piece it together. If you don't believe you drafted the right guys, win now. They find themselves in a unique position where you feel there's a huge gap in a position. No matter what, every team besides the team that wins on Sunday will feel we need to improve this position group or that player or this and that. It's rare for a team to make the NFC championship where you wouldn't be wholeheartedly disagreeing with me, Ben, if I told you everyone but Brant should go. Right? In an ideal world. Who else are you keeping? If he mail a Fonwu, who's not a free agent, they'll have him back. Like, there's... Cam Sutton is going to be on this team next year. I get that, but but you want him as a corner three, corner four. Two or three. Okay. So you need to make some moves in, this, in the secondary. That's, that's what you need to do. But he's telling you, don't expect, don't let the expectation be. You can criticize, but here, trust in me. I brought you this far. I brought you to the NFC Championship. We're not going to be signing free agent names. Look out on draft night and watch them develop because I developed Campbell and I developed Branch and, and the coaches that I've hired have done that. And... And I get They're it. You can immediately look, you, and starters on the uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And I get it. You can look back at this draft class specifically and say, "Well, look how many dudes this guy landed." That's what he did, I, dude. This press conference was a was a forty minute tout fest. Hey, this guy, the Detroit Free Press. You were wrong. Look what I did. Hey, uh, you uh, from from you know the radio station in Detroit that does sports. Look what I did. This was my pick. That's what that was. It was forty minutes of gloating. We played the audio. And 40 minutes of trust my process. And to your to your uh you know uh to your points yesterday, your points to me were, yeah, listen, listen to listen to Brad Holmes, and that should be our pursuit during the offseason. That that's what it was. And I disagreed with it in, you know, partly. I think he can draft, and I think maybe you can find the cornerback solution during the draft. I just wasn't gonna blindly 
align with which whatever decision he makes. If Buda Baker's available, and I don't know off the top of my head how much he would go for in the free agency market, but if the Lions can pony up and he goes to an in-division team, I'm not going to be too happy about that. And here's the thing about someone like Buda Baker, who I don't know the guy personally, but based on some of the interviews and clips I see of this guy, he is someone who would fit the Lions culture. Do the Lions necessarily need another safety? No, which is part of the reason I don't think C.J. Gardner-Johnson is necessarily a lock to come back. But I feel as if there's a, a at least a slight possibility, just a sliver of overconfidence in the system, in the process. And I'm not saying this process doesn't work because it clearly does. So don't come at me. Don't text in 989-837-6125 and tell me I'm a lunatic because obviously the system works. It got them to the NFC Championship. But what you can't do once you get to this spot is become content. What you can't do is sit here and not expect the Packers, who have the most ca- or some of the most cap space in the NFL and the youngest team in the NFL, to not improve next year. You can't expect the Bears to not get better, who just had a 2022 type ending to their 2022 Lions type ending to their season. The Vikings are getting Kirk Cousins back, and by all calculations, are probably going to be one of the better offenses in the NFL once again. Kirk Cousins throws for 400 yards every time he plays the Lions secondary. So unless you fix that drastically, that's going to be a problem. The rest of the NFC North is coming for you. So you can't sit here and be idle. You have to get aggressive. I mean, it's the same reason we still to this day talk about why didn't the Lions make a move at the deadline. And Brad Holmes addressed that too. He said, every move we don't make is calculated. We're not trying to bring in characters who don't fit the Lions culture. That's fine with me. But where I have a problem is we're not even going to give these guys a chance because they're not our homegrown players. How do you know someone doesn't fit the culture unless you bring them in? Because they do. And you and we had this conversation a couple months back when it was NFL trade deadline time. And the whole conversation was what's available. And we gave you the names that were available. And in the end, when the Lions didn't make any moves, it was chalked up to, I don't think Chase Young fits the culture. I don't think this guy fits the culture and is worth the talent and worth the third round, fourth round pick. And... Ben, and again, rightfully so, you advocated, you know what? I don't want to trade for a rental of Young that might backfire. I want to see what Holmes can do with those third Which, and fourth round Which, to his picks. credit, was probably a good move because Chase Young didn't really do much for the Niners. He's but in you the know Super Bowl did. right now. You know, well, I'm not saying he not was leading that much. defense, yes. but he made plays yes. in the NFC Championship game. Yes, I, I agree with you there, but... I'm not mad. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, he should have traded it for Chase Young. It wouldn't have, I don't know if it would have made a difference. But that's what like what he did at the deadline is what he's is how he's going to approach the offseason. He trusts in drafting and he's and, and I and I applauded in a way. If you could build a winner in the modern day in modern day sports without ponying up and regretting a deal to a free agent, that's great. If you could pay Goff and not, you know, wait till he becomes a free agent and get him, you know, relatively right. in the quarterback market and don't make him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. More power to you. Here's it's my just only eventually, problem. and you just look at the two teams that are playing this weekend, you got to pony up eventually. Here, Patrick Mahomes was locked down for a lot of money because Kansas City knows how talented he is. The 49ers knew they were missing a piece, went out, and they acquired McCaffrey. Those are the moves you have to make to go next level. Right. Or do you? Because Holmes made the moves that he did, again, certain trades and certain free agency signings, but really the core through draft. And they were one game away 
from the super. Right, and, and you're so wait for it, bowl. Thank yeah. you. Here's my only thing. You're completely right. You're almost there. You almost zagged when everyone else zigged and made it to the NFC Championship or made it to the Super. Wait for it, bowl. Thank you. You win that game. We're not having this discussion right now. We're talking about something completely different. But you didn't make that game. Yeah. And now it becomes a, a, a race from the very beginning. You don't have a head start. You don't have a way better team. I mean, you do, but you have to still get aggressive and try to improve every single day. You can't just sit here and be content. We're, get, is it we're, getting, back, we're getting back to the NFC Championship no matter what. Are you sure? Because there's going to be teams in the NFC that get better. There's going to be ones that get worse. Odds are you don't stay idle. Odds are the Lions don't go 12-5, and five, go to the NFC Championship, and lose again next year. Odds are in favor of something else happening. Do you, ne- you need to be able to assure yourself that you got better. And if you can do that through the draft strictly and re-signing players, fine by me. I don't care how you do it if you can do it. But I feel as if there's a possibility that they are overlooking some of these players and not even get in free agency and not even giving them a chance to prove that they can fit into this culture. Maybe they're not Detroit Lion built players right now. Maybe some of them never will be. But how can you tell me they can't become that? You have to keep adding on talent to your team and keep adding players and shape some of these guys to fit your culture. Teach them about the grit. And I know there's a lot of people that'll probably say, you know what, grit is you're born with it. It's not something you learn. It's something you either have or you don't. Well, there's some guys that just need a little bit of coaching to knock that dust off to be able to get to the grit. And I don't want to miss out on any of those opportunities. Uh, 989-837-6125. Question to go to break, and it's mainly to you, but obviously to the audience as well. Do you trust Brad Holmes, Ben? Because you're, you're, you're his number one supporter. If he had a clothing line, you'd be there wearing it. I think Dan Campbell might be his, his number one supporter. And I, to be honest, right, I, think, number two. I think part of the reason he went after a couple of the guys in the Detroit media was to take some pressure off of Dan Campbell, who was still receiving I heat. I get that. And I and think Alex Anzalone did the same thing yesterday when he had that little letter to Detroit saying we were all on page with Dan Campbell call, going for it on the fourth downs. That's who we are. That's his identity. So, I don't know. To your point. Do I trust Brad Holmes? Do you, the people, trust Brad Holmes, the fan base? Are we willing to blindly follow this guy and trust every move he makes? That's what I want to know. 989-837-6125. That's the number to the Frick Sports Bar text line. Uh, Brian Branch, he wants Brad Holmes to make a move to re-sign a certain Lions veteran. We'll tell you that is on the other side of this. Break on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. The payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. All right, how much do you trust Brad Holmes? 989-837-6125. That's the number to the Frick Sports Bar text line. We'll get to that in just a moment. Um, But to the point, to the question, it's hard to look at some of the stuff Brad Holmes has done and been like, that was a bad move. That was a bad draft pick because no one's going to bat 100% as a GM in the draft. It's impossible. You can't do it. There's seven picks. Odds are you're not going to land some starter with every single one. But Brad Holmes is hitting about as good as you can. He's in about, what, 360, 350? It's a pretty good, and that's more of a 
not percentage wise, but a baseball batting average reference for you, John. That's percent as well, though. That's how that's calculated. He, but think well, about it, right? Not, no, let, let's do the baseball comparison sure. right now. This draft class, he hit like 800, right? The past draft class. How yeah. many of, he had what, seven, eight picks? He had eight picks. And how many of them worked right away and are still Branch. the team? Seven well, of the eight, well, six of the eight. It's, Campbell, I guess, is still a, he's not a home run swing, but no. it's a single. But he, he Branch, played in the playoffs. Branch, that's a double or triple. Mm-hmm. Jameer Gibbs, home run. Mm-hmm. Sam Laporta, grand, grand slam. They're all hits. Uh, Hendon Hooker, TBD. Mm-hmm. But still on the team. Yeah. There, there's certain teams in the NFL that are releasing <laughs> draft Colby picks right now. miss. That, there you go. But he's he's hitting like 7, 800, 70, 80%. Yeah. It, it was a good job, and that's why... Again, when he dis and it is dismissive. Like that that's the main thing that I want to get across, at least, when we evaluate the press conference. And I made the jokes, obviously, that he attacked the media. It looked like it was tongue in cheek with them laughing. Though, again, you're not gonna sell me a hundred percent that I like that he's reading every Detroit Free Press column and that, keeping that, his receipts. But if that's, that's what motivates him, thing. but if that's what motivates him, okay. But that 20 seconds that we played and we could play again, the draft developed sign not going at free agents. It's honestly refreshing in one aspect that I'm telling you what we're going to do. Don't expect free agents. Don't do your jersey edit swaps of this guy on the Lions, that guy on the Lions. It ain't happening. You're telling me I shouldn't put Lamar Jackson in a Lions jersey on Twitter. Do not do it. I'm going to draft, we're going to develop, and we're going to re-sign because we like the core that we have right now. That's what he told you. And then in the second half of that, it's awfully dismissive. It's, whoa, no, what about this guy? Couldn't this guy improve the team? Don't care. Nope. Yeah. I'm telling you yeah. what I'm going to do. But you're okay with him doing that and being dismissive towards the free agency class because he brought you to the NFC Championship this year. Right. I appreciate the honesty that he's bringing to the table. Like, It, it takes a lot of pride as a GM to go in front of a group of your entire media. A, The media that's going to take him a task when he fails. Right. A, not be intimidated. B, just to keep it real. Like, that's that's a hard thing to do. But it is funny, to your point, that he's reading the Detroit Free Press and prideofdetroit.com and all these other writers when Dan Campbell made it very clear the entire season, we're going to block the outside noise. We don't care what anyone else is saying about our team. We know what we are. Whereas <laughs> the GM of the team is like, no, the hell with that. I know exactly who said what when. I know exactly who didn't want us to pick Panay. That was three years ago. I mean, do you think like right before that press conference, he went back and looked? Or do you think for <laughs> three years in his head, he was like, yep, Dave Perchetta, the Detroit Free Press. That man did not want us to draft Panay. Do you think he's been walking around that's, with that thought in his head for three years? Th- that's the fun thing. And I guess... What would be the crazier thing? What would be the more <laughs> psychotic thing? To go look it up five minutes before you go to the podium? Or for that to just be locked into your it's, memory? It's human nature, Ben. I mean, I'm sure there's been some, very few though, because you're so immensely talented, but that have taken shots at your talent on this show or how the show has been since the launch. And maybe that fuels you. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you do have the names of who texted in and ripped you off the jump and who applauded you. Maybe you have that. Maybe you don't. People have laminated lists in terms of people who have screwed them over in past life. It's just the way it is. Sometimes you have to be fueled by motivation, fueled by hatred. And luckily for Holmes, and what his job is, his playing career is done. He's sitting, you know, he's, he, I don't want to say he does what we do or does what maybe a, a regular nine to five person does, but 
you know, he's going into the office, he's making phone calls, he's doing this and that. He's not putting on the pads. So he has time to read the media response. And all these guys, and you can't tell me differently, all these men and women in the organizations, they have NFL Network on, they have, you know, the, the mothership, Fox Sports, because when Hard Knocks rolls around, it's what's on their TVs. Right. You can't tell me that they don't avoid it completely because there's evidence that's the complete opposite. And I, I can't say for certain because I didn't watch every single minute of the, the Lions hard knocks. Uh, I know you probably did. I'm sure there Three was, times over. Yeah, Go to bed, do it every night. <laughs> I, I'm sure there was – I was a little busy with baseball. Um, but I'm sure there was plenty of NFL Network or you know Fox Sports or whatever on the TVs during these meetings because, of course – and sometimes it's that extra fuel you need. Like, we, we talked about it pre-show off the air, Ben, but about what's the number one motivation for NFL players, and it's like, all right, well, you want to make money doing this. It's the sport you love. Sometimes you're fueled by people who have told you throughout your life that you can't. I'm in Ross St. Brown. Name all the guys draft that. Did anyone know that? Did anyone know I'm in <laughs> Ross St. Brown can name all the guys drafted in front of them? Um, but do you know how funny it'd be if I, like, came on the radio as someone who's hosted this show for what four or five months now, and was mm-hmm. like, "This guy didn't like me." Yeah, four years ago, like that would kind of be a ridiculous thing to do. But Brad Holmes is so beloved in Detroit because of how well he's done yeah. in the and draft that he's kind of—I don't know if I want to say—earned the right to do it. But he did just do it with. It's hard to say no consequence because we're talking about it over twenty-four hours later. But no one's mad at the guy. We're just kind of. Scratch our heads, figure out what made him say all that. No, and he, again, he didn't do it yelling at people because that would have went over completely different. It, it didn't even sound really like anger. It was just more these side side jabs that most of the media laughed off. Because right. that's what the media has to do too. Yeah, you're right. You got me that column. It, it looks bad. Because they make mistakes too. Oh, they no, don't they got 100%. defensive. Most of the writers got defensive yesterday not, well, and started pulling up their old stuff and not being like, in person, this is actually what I said. Not well, maybe on Twitter to defend the fans so they don't, you know, get a drop off in readership or listenership or viewership. But in the moment, they all laughed it off. Yeah. No one said, actually, Brad, what I said, no. 989-837-6125. Uh Brian Branch is in alignment with one thing that the Detroit Lions have made clear. Brad Holmes said we're going to keep trying to re-sign players. Um, just kind of reading between the lines, I don't, I don't know this for a fact, but when I think of him saying re-signing players, I'm thinking of guys who were drafted here for a reason, to continue to be here, like Panay Sewell, Amon Ross St. Brown, those type of players. Not the guys who were brought in on a one-year deal, played three regular season games, and then three additional playoff games, and was ultimately kind of disappointing. Woodward Sports tweeted out yesterday. Maybe oh, your favorite account. Yeah, right. They're thriving right now. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Woodward Sports tweeted out the question, do you want the Lions to re-sign C.J. Gardner-Johnson? And Brian Branch went on to the old Twitter, X some people call it, the kids call it these days, uh, and retweeted it and said, Hell yeah, this guy is a dog. He want he wants the Lions to re-sign Brian Branch. I'm kind of out on that. It did make me reconsider for just a tad that our defensive rookie stud star uh all rookie defender wants a mentor back in the building. But I just look at some of the way that 
CJ Gardner Johnson behaved himself at the end of the year. And ultimately, I, I mean, I always bring it, I brought it up multiple times. I really can't think of a splash play he made, an important one at least, the entire season. Maybe it was because he was hurt. Maybe he was coming back from the torn peck. Whatever reason it was, it was a disappointing year. And if you're going to sit here and demand money, demand this massive contract like you're one of the highest paid safeties in the NFL, you're going to have to find it elsewhere. Now, if you're willing to take a discount and go so go sign another prove-it year back-to-back off-seasons, well then sure, you can come back. But you also have to acknowledge the fact that you might not be the starter who's playing 99% of snaps on defense. With the emergence of Ify Melifonwu and Kirby Joseph, Mr. Twitter, those guys are going to be playing a lot, man. So... I can't say I align my I align myself with Brad Holmes. I don't know if I can align myself with Brian Branch on this one. That's not who I think of when I think of the top priorities to resign. But isn't Brad Holmes draft develop resign mindset just looking at the cornerback position aligned with Brian Branch? He'd rather resign CJ Gardner Johnson before he signs someone else in the free agency. Now his top priority would be drafting someone better, but if we're doing it in order, if the draft doesn't work out, he'd rather bring in Garner Johnson than someone else in the free agency market. Right. And if we're taking and, his if we're taking his word at face value hundred percent. And as much as I say CJ Garner Johnson is quote unquote disappointing, odds are that the rookie they draft to replace him isn't as good as CJ Garner Johnson. So you're want him to keep him then. Or the odds will say you're gonna keep him. Because if I, they're not gonna go if, out and sign anybody, or at least that's not the approach yet, then they're going to re-sign him if the draft pick isn't home run. If if you're asking me, I would say you got to either re-sign C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and if you don't, you got to re-sign or you got to sign someone in free agency. You can't just expect every draft pick to come in and and help this defense improve because if you go into next season and the only improvements you have on the defensive side of the ball are rookies, you don't re-sign any other starters or sign any other free agent starters. That's going to be a problem at the beginning of the season. You didn't fix anything that was a problem in this offseason. It's going to take those rookies a little bit to adjust. It took Dan, uh, Jack Campbell a little bit of time. Brian Branch was the exception. I don't know. 989-837-6125. We'll take the Brad Holmes text, the Brian Branch text. Are you aligned with him? Do you want CJ back? And do you align yourself with Brad Holmes? Are you willing to just blindly follow this guy? Uh, Pistons trade deadline can get into that. Also, the Chippewas. Man, oh man, do they have probably their biggest basketball game of the last two decades plus tonight in Akron, winner gets to be in first place in the Mac driver's seat. I don't think the Chippewas have won the Mac since the 90s, John. Wow. It's a big deal. Big one in Akron today. Fire up chips. Fire up chips, baby. Um, and then, you know, maybe we'll get into the conversation about the the super wait for it. Bowl. Thank you. On the payoff, fueled by forward energy. Back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. Are people just still anti-Lions, anti-NFL right now? Are people still upset from last Sunday? I feel like nobody wants to talk about the Lions right now, John. Are people still upset? Or are we boycotting the Super Bowl? Is that what we're doing? Are we boycotting all football talk? Some hosts in state would say, get over it, you know. But I'm here for still reflecting on it it's a gutting loss you know it more than I would it's just hard to come back to that I I you know in terms of being full NFL 
it's tough to get excited for this Super Bowl. And I know you're taking solace in the fact that you like watching greatness, so you like watching Mahomes. But I like watching football, man. I get it's, that. It's the Super Bowl. There's you nothing the that's ever going to happen. No, no, no. There's nothing that's <laughs> ever going to happen that's good unless I get hit by a bus. Wow. I will be watching the Super Bowl every year until I die. No, I agree. I'm going to be watching it too. It's just It's ridiculous to say because the away. Lions lost, I'm not watching the Super Bowl because Taylor Swift is in their Super Bowl. I'm not watching. No. Like come on. That's where come people on. are, man. Don't let it ruin your Super Bowl experience. You would have watched it if the Lions got lost to the Rams in the first round, right? This is, of course, this is people venting the frustration, and then Sunday rolls around, and it's and you're gonna watch it. I have a party to go to. I have whatever, and it pulls you in. It's the thing that draws 115 million people. More people watch the Super Bowl than vote in the election. It's what happens. Is that a real stat? Of course it is. What What do you think? This this country country is built on football. Heck yeah, it is. Football, football, football. Heck yeah, it is. Um. That's why sports radio stations exist in this country. Yeah, that's that's preci- precisely. Actually, uh, we said it, didn't we? We said it multiple times. The super, wait for it. Yeah, no. We just dropped uh, a bit after two segments. Well. The super. Wait for it. Bowl. There you go. We'll get. We'll bring it back. All right, let's make some money. <laughs> lock of the day. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Uh, to the association we go. I mean, Troy Weaver's not doing anything. We're at least going to make some money off the NBA teams today. We've kind of been on fire. So because I've hit enough locks in the last two weeks, I'm going to start to feel myself a little bit, kind of like one specific rapper. Um, I'm taking a parlay today as the lock. Giannis to score 30. Giannis to score 30. Booker to score 30. Bucks, Suns play each other tonight in Phoenix on TNT, primetime matchup. I think both stars come out tonight. The Milwaukee Bucks cannot guard guards to save their lives. I think Booker gets his 30. And Giannis has been a one-man wrecking crew the entire season. He's going to stand up for this game just as he has all the other big games of the year. Both of those guys have scored 30, plus 221. Feeling myself a little bit, John. It's my lock. I like that. I'm in that game as well. And if you want to parlay all three together. John and the association? What else do we got? I, I usually eh, Edmonton's I, going for 17 straight tonight. Not, I think I'm it's not, an NHL record. I'm not feeling anything in shell. Not fin- yeah, against the Golden Knights. I'm, I'm not. I'm not feeling that game, and I'm not feeling the Big East tonight. Even though there's two contests. So if you parlay Ben's with mine, which is Suns minus three and a half plus five seventy five on most books, or at least around that figure, if you want to do it all together. Last night we hit. I had the Cavs covering, and you had the Pelicans team over. Yes, and both hit. Yes. Um, so Cat uh, Suns minus three and a half. I'm surprised you're not in the NHL on this Edmonton game. I thought you'd be all over that. Maybe, maybe tomorrow. In, in Vegas, too. Vegas just has a whole lot going on there this week. I mean, good, good <laughs> you think gracious. Do you think the players are distracted by the Super Bowl and, of course, the WrestleMania kickoff on Thursday that you're so excited for? The, that we're so the excited players for. as in the Edmonton Oilers and the, I mean, I don't know. Do, do Canadians care about Super Bowl? They got the CFL, Super man. wait for it. Bowl. Thank you. Yeah, they, they've got they've got other things to Vegas worry about. Vegas is a great team, though. Vegas is a great team. Defending, uh, defending Stanley Cup champions. Good matchup. Too bad it's, you know, 10 o'clock Eastern. Hey. And, to, you know, two young. and three you're in the young. West. You no, I mean, I'll be up for it. I'm talking about, you, you know, people up. with jobs. 
<laughs> what do we? What do we? We just that not are have at jobs? six to seven at night. <laughs> uh, I gotta be up in the morning. Yep, we only work from six to seven. We show up six fifty-five, do a show an hour, leave, collect paychecks, go Listen, home. Listen, are you gonna be up at seven a.m. tomorrow? No, no. I'm oh my god, my no. That's my point. <sighs> All right, I, I, I wake up at eight, but yeah, I'm not gonna be up at seven. I could be up at six. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry Bellino. <laughs> <laughs> Our guy. Not going to complain about it. 6 to 9 a.m. on the mid, by the way. Not going to complain about it. Um, all right. Troy Weaver has about 48 hours. <laughs> Pistons time. Woohoo. Troy Weaver has 48 hours to save his job. Oh, my goodness. Tell firing me. Firing him. They, they, they lost how many games in a row? He's going to get fired because he doesn't make a move at the deadline? Yeah, no. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I'm saying. Let's hope. Listen. There was a lot of rumors this off uh, this weekend that Zach Levine was going to become a Detroit Piston, and then upon hearing that, Zach Levine decides to get season-ending knee surgery. He didn't want to be a Piston that bad. Now, obviously, that is somewhat speculation, but those two things happen awfully close to each other in terms of the news cycle, the rumor mill they call it. Um, he's been out for months with a knee injury. Was hoping to come back this year. And then within 24, 48 hours of hearing the rumors that the Pistons laying down offers to get him is exactly when he decides to end his season get knee surgery. Now, a lot of people are thinking, well, there goes that. What's Troy Weaver going to do now? Probably something dumb. Yeah, probably. But you also could kind of zag when everyone else thinks you're going to zig and trade for him anyway. I mean, what's it realistically going to cost you? No one wanted... Zach Levine to begin with. It was going to be a lot cheaper than people realized to acquire Zach Levine. You probably weren't going to have to do much. And now, he's out for the season. You should have to acquire him for absolutely nothing. The Bulls should have to pay us to take him. They didn't want him in the first place. They didn't even want him to begin with. And now if you're Troy Weaver, you could take him for pennies on the dollar. I say do it. Because I'm actually somewhat interested in a Kate Cunningham, Zach Levine, Jaden Ivey, Bojad Bogdanovich, and Jalen Duren starting lineup. With a different coach, you can win some games with that lineup. That's a real NBA team. And that would save his job if he made that move? I don't, uh, no. There's nothing, there's <laughs> nothing he could do for me to want him to be the, uh, the GM. But Tom Gores has a lot of loyalty for this guy for some reason. Tom, if Tom Gores is even a real person. I haven't seen him in months. Anyway, it's a risk. That's our Pistons in, update. It's a there you go. It, it, it's a risk bringing in a guy coming off knee surgery. I thought he was much older because he's been in the league ten years. He's only twenty eight, just because got out of school really young. I I like the move. I like him as a player. I don't think it him in the starting five makes the Pistons anything more than the eleven or twelfth best team in the East. If you're looking to next season, it's only place to go is up. But that's facts, and maybe he can mesh. He, I mean, he's been a quality player in the league for a good amount of time. You know the only crazy thing around, to do? Yeah, he's not the guy you're building around either. I mean, he no, was an all-star no. two seasons ago, the last 2022 and 2021. But you have that guy, or at least you think. Like, that's the one saving grace and not being completely in the abyss if you're a Pistons fan, and the reason why you, the reason why our general manager, Brad Tunney, still watch the games night in, night out, and still have a sliver of hope. Because you got a guy named Kate Cunningham. Yep. 
um, who I'm not exactly sold on as a franchise player anymore. That's it might story not for be, but it, he's but it's a it's a number one potential that you've never put not even a below average team around yet. Really quick, so, and then we'll move on. Yes, because it's the trade deadline. We have to bring it up. There's one thing he could do that's crazier than trading for someone who just had knee surgery who's not going to play the rest of the year. And that is trading for a former Michigan State Spartan Ooh. who's... Former Saginaw uh, Trojan, uh, too? Uh, no, hold the oohs and ahs. Is he former Saginaw no, Trojan? No, he's not. Hold the oohs and ahs. I think you're going to have a different reaction when I say who this is. Someone whose NBA career was essentially over three months ago. Draymond? No. Oh, Clay Thompson. Nope. James Wise. Just simply not a Michigan State Spartan. Well, I I, I knew, but um, wait, he, he's, he, he's how about someone with some off the court issues? Oh, Bridges. Oh my gosh, man. Bridges was gonna be a. I'm not saying I mean I'm. They're saying <laughs> they should do it. I'm not pushing for them to do it. I'm just saying it makes sense salary wise. I don't. It's a lot of questions of morals and stuff like that. But the Pistons might be at a point where. Morals are out the window. We need some wins. Nice. We have six of them right now. Um, listen, I don't know if you were even living here at the time last year, John, but before free agency, about three days before free agency opened up, Miles Bridges it seemed like he was about to become a Piston. And then all of a sudden, all this stuff came out about some of those things that have happened off the court that we're not going to get into. Let's just say spent a little bit of time looking through some bars. Or at least a normal person that wasn't an NBA player would have been looking between the bars. Um, I, I'm, I'm just saying it's it's probably not out of question. Hornets are probably going to move on from him. Anyway, it's enough piss and stuff. He's in the league this year playing? Yeah, he's kind of been fantastic the last <laughs> three weeks. You know, on the court. I can't speak oh, for yeah, what he does no. off the court. Okay. Uh, all right. I want to talk a little bit about the super way for it. Bolt. After this on the payoff, fueled by foreign energy. More of the Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to the payoff. All right, here's what we're going to do, John. Johnny boy. We're gonna yes, Benny Boo? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of storylines in this uh, this big game coming up on Sunday. Really? I haven't heard. I, I know. Uh, so we're going to go through them. We're going to alternate draft picks and take the best of the best storylines going into this thing. I'll do the honor. I'll be a nice guy, gentleman that I am, and give you the number one overall pick whenever you are ready. All right, let's get into it a bit. Uh, I mean, the number one thing, if you aren't tired of them yet, Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm not going to go where maybe you think I'm going to go, but there's a lot of talk in just across all sports about dynasties in sports, and I think if the Chiefs win... They're the next dynasty. And dynasties, especially in the NFL, are really hard to come by. It's been one in my life. The Patriots, right? Yeah, that's it. Seahawks, almost. No. Almost. Almost happened. And not really a lot of others. Seahawks won one ring. I'm just saying multiple Super Bowls. It's not a dynasty. All right, relax. Multiple Super Bowls. I said almost. I didn't say it happened. And the thing, the Patriots were a dynasty and luckily lost more than they, uh, or they won more than they lost, obviously, but had three major L's in there, too. They could have won even more. But the Chiefs are this every-year occurrence, and you give Mahomes a third Super Bowl, and 
maybe this is a separate storyline. What storyline are you drafting? But Dynasty slash, of course, Mahomes, where he's already in the greatest of all time conversation. You can't That's draft be... both of those. All right, so I'll take Dynasty and then you take the GOAT. Yes. So John's number one pick off the board is the Chiefs Dynasty. Yes. A, t- a team, by the way, too, is as sick as we are of them, or at least I am. They were a team that just couldn't get it right for a lot of years, makes the right pick at quarterback, and brings in a great head coach and dynasty. I will gladly jump in, take another Chiefs storyline, and I'll take the Patrick Mahomes one. Listen, the Patrick Mahomes, in my eyes, this is already the second greatest quarterback of all time. And if we're talking pure talent, who would I rather start an NFL franchise with? Patrick Mahomes, number one pick. He wins this ring, and I don't think it's even a debate at that point. Who's number one? Who's number two? It's Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady in a different stratosphere. Sorry, Joe Montana. Sorry, Dan Marino. Sorry, John Elway. These are the guys that are going to be looked at, looked back upon as the greatest of all time. If he wins this one, it'll be his third ring. How many other guys have won three rings in six years as a starter? Odds are not many. Probably zero. There's my pick. All right, you're going to like this storyline. <laughs> and we got to incorporate off the field. Oh, but boy, here about, it is. Here how it about, is. I mean, just how about Travis Kelsey as a guy? This is a player <laughs> that this year came into the season with just so many distractions. State Farm commercials, a podcast with his brother. And he was aging to begin this season. I had the question at the beginning of the year, is Travis Kelsey going to be as good as he once was? That's was my thought process. And he didn't play in the Lions game. And people may remember, may, people may forget, didn't have a lightning start to the season. He still and led also, the league in, in passing yards no, he, and tight ends. He, he, he turns it around and, and, again, had a great season. And this is all being solely the number one option. Because remember... Tyreek Hill was here for a long time, and there's questions, and I think there even could still be questions if a Super Bowl team, besides, of course, the, the Pats and Gronk, number one target could be a tight end in the in the modern day. Because Kelsey always had, all right, he's the number two option. He's been the number one guy this year, and it's been the weakest receiving it's the class. the number one guy last year, John. I get that, Ben. I get that, Ben. But I'm just saying. They won a Super Bowl last all right, year. You go, They're ben. going for back-to-back back Super Bowl. Bring us in with your uh, thing there. All right. I was gonna bring in the Swift uh, stuff, but you know you gotta you gotta cut that's, me off. That's with, almost no, an entire listen, separate thing. He he he, Kel, Kelsey just being a, a generational tight end and goat conversation with him at the position. If if not yeah, already, no, that's a good point. It's obviously not. Keep going. Uh, no, no, it, no, it is. It, it's a good point. You, but you kind of dismissed the fact that they won a Super Bowl last year with him as the number one guy. They 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 had better receiving core. But you know right. who they they didn't have last year. I'll do it. I'll be the guy. I think I can save the pick I want to do for a next pick. I don't think you're going to do it your next pick around. So I'll take the obvious choice, and I'll take T-Swift. The T-Swift storyline, the P- the things people are going to say about this, this Super Bowl, every time they cut to her, and I promise you right now, they will. So if you're going to get mad over it, just be prepared to get mad over it because it's going to happen. I-, I think Travis Kelsey proposes to her after the game. <laughs> He's delusional. Why? How, is that not like the perfect time to do it? They've been dating for less than a year. Celebrities do crazy things. Kanye West barely had divorced Kim K and he was already married to some other girl. 
I think he are, does are it after the game. Are you comparing Taylor Swift to Kanye Westman? <laughs> no, you did that. Are you comparing? You did that. You did that. When did I do that? I'm just asking if you're doing that right now. I wouldn't do yes, that I if am. I were you, buddy. Yes, I am. Oh boy. All right, you're up. Well, the number one storyline I care about is come at me, Taylor. <laughs> of course, uh, Mr. Irrelevant before the broadcast. I care mainly if Tony Romo is going to actually live up to his money once this year. But, <laughs> Why, you can but I, know, no, I know no one cares about that, so I'll say no, Brock No, that's Purdy. not true. Tony Romo is like number one trending in America during conference championship week. Yeah, will he actually have a good game? I'll, I'll, I'll split that. It'll be two quarterbacks that aren't named Patrick Mahomes. How about Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, Two Super Bowl champion. There's been a lot more seventh round picks than you think that have won Super Bowls, right? Johnny Unitas, Bart Starr, but he's Mr. Irrelevant. He was picked last. He went to Iowa State, and all this guy gets is knocked by everyone. And each week, week in, week out, proves the naysayers wrong, and he's one game away from beating one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And we'll see if he could do it. And then in the flip side, oh boy, you have Tony Romo who was the media darling to begin his career in the booth. And this is now something different. Is, it's quarterback-related. Tony Romo's... There's no rules to this. That's why I said <laughs> if you wanted to draft and have storylines and then we'd pick them, we lay them out the top. <laughs> I, I, so I'm crafting my own. If Will he deliver or not? Will he be well-received? I mean, I don't think many people, if you go to a party, could even hear the broadcast, but people have complained about Tony Romo the most, more than any other broadcaster in sports in the past calendar year. People starting to hate him, even though they loved him when he burst on the, on the scene. Imagine that. A guy predicting plays, it doesn't work when you're six years removed from the league. So, will he and Jim Nance actually call a good game? You got one minute. That's let what me, I let care me do my about. pick. All right, do your last one here. All right. We've got a big one. Oh, boy. It's going to be stupid. Yeah, this is going to be stupid. Isaiah Pacheco? <laughs> Super Bowl MVP? Maybe maybe the best, <laughs> one of the best running backs in the league that nobody talks about. Rucker Scarlet Knight? Rucker Scarlet Knight. That's another story. Are you line, betting Pacheco MVP? No, I already bet. I already bet <laughs> Travis bet? Kelsey. Oh, you're the worst. <laughs> it was 14 to 1. You're <laughs> the worst. What do you want me to do, man? You're the uh, worst. What do you, oh, the one I wanted to do uh, Andy Reid. Under to underappreciated, uh, like has an argument to be one of the best coaches of all time, if not already after the Super Bowl, if he wins it, like top three coach ever, Vince Lombardi, Bill Belichick, Andy Reid enters that type of conversation with a win here, right? I think he's already in those talks, but another Super Bowl would definitely help the case. Two different franchises too, brought yeah. to the big game. That's, I I don't have it off the top of my head, but I would guess very few coaches have ever done that. All right, there you have it. We'll be back tomorrow. On the payoff. Hope it was worth it. Thanks for listening, everybody.